Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We are midway through the UCF football 2023 season. We're going to give out some grades and look towards the future. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I am your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds. From Week 1 all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. It is crazy. To say we are halfway through the college football season. Six games in. Um, I've got my magic. You know, it's it's basketball season, folks. It's coming up on basketball season. Fall is the best time for sports because we get basically every sport that actually matters. You've got Orlando City. That's number two in the East for MLS. I'll probably start tuning into that now. Now you get the Orlando Magic, who's going to make huge leap this year. So I figured I'll preseason was on tonight. They, uh, they they took care of business in this preseason game, so I decided to rep the Magic. But for this pre or midseason review, midseason get-along, get-together, obviously we have Nick Geddes and Rob Husby. Nick, um, it's been quite the year. Uh, started high, now we're at kind of a low point. Probably going to continue going low a little bit. Um, but how are you feeling? You were on for the Kansas post game, but uh, how are you feeling after... Uh, at this midseason, midseason point for the UCF season, I'm great. I mean, we had a, we had a bye week. I think it was much needed for our sanity, much needed for this team, um, and it we got to focus on things that actually matter this week. Uniforms. We got to argue about uniforms on on the old X machine, which maybe we'll get into that today. I don't know. We're gonna we're trying to focus on the the on the play stuff. But all I'll say about that: if you like the uniform, cool. If you hate the uniform, cool. That's all I'm to say because I just see a lot of people just violently, if violently tweeting at each other about these uniform discussions and knock it off, people. It's it's a uniform. It's a uniform. Stop like full disclosure. It's not my favorite uniform in the world, but my goodness, not going to kill everybody over it. So into spiel, but yeah, I feel like yeah, I've. They released the jerseys, and I get it because clearly a lot of people are going to buy the space merch. So they, but they released it a little earlier. The space game's not for another what? I mean, month. So, you know, I usually would say we we're going to do our jersey hierarchy again. We did one last year. We're going to bring it up again this year. Um, but yeah, the the discussions over the jersey that everybody wanted. Everybody wanted this jersey, this Nate, this uh, blue jersey. Everybody wanted it, but because it's basically a replica of last year, people are disappointed. But we're not going to get into it too much. We will 
maybe discuss it a little at the end if we have time. Uh, Rob Husby. Rob, uh, it's been, the bye week was much needed. Now, most of us that cover this team or, you know, have podcasts or do whatever, we don't get necessarily a bye week. We are still doing work. We still have to record a podcast and post. Um, But how are you feeling, obviously, Oklahoma's next week, and we'll get into grading and all that, but how are you feeling at the midway point of the first season in the Big 12? Uh, not great. <laughs> uh, listen, I mean, the start we had against, you know, teams that we should have been beating, uh, you know, the Boise State game came down a nail bite or two. And obviously that's where JRP ended up injuring himself at the end of the game. Um, yeah, three and oh, you're, you're looking pretty good, but, uh, the last three games, oh, and three in the big 12, uh, you know, can't win on the road, can't win at home in the Big 12. Huge lead loss to Baylor in the fourth quarter. It's been as bad as you probably can get. Um, blown out against Kansas against a backup quarterback. I mean, it's just it, the, the list adds on. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I think a lot of UCF fans, including most of us, I think, look at this and say, yeah, Oklahoma's going to be tough. Um, and, yeah, this bye week is, is nice because you can kind of get a refresher. You can kind of work on things a little bit more, see what works, see what doesn't work. You know, hopefully let JRP heal up a little bit more um, after playing against Kansas. So uh, it's it's definitely welcome to clear your head to to rest up and to get ready. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's it's tough. I mean, this is this is the the meat of the season right now, the meat and potatoes of the season. And you have your arguably, I mean, not even arguable. This is your toughest game you might have ever played, uh, certainly in the Big Twelve, and it's on the road. Uh, to one of the best teams in the nation. So this is this is not easy. So I, I definitely think based off a uh, historical performance in the Big 12 right now, we're we're definitely not a lot confident, but you know, let's let's see what we can do after this bye week. Now I want to make it clear to the fans watching, this is not going to be a negative Nancy UCF uh midseason review episode. Um, yes, there's no question. It has been a lot of negative the last three weeks. UCF has gone 0-3 in the last three weeks and most likely going to be 0-4 in the Big 12 uh, next week. Obviously, we're not going to get too much into Oklahoma because that will be coming next week in our Oklahoma review where there's a lot to go over, a lot of storylines to discuss. But ultimately, I do think there are positives. I do think there are, and we will go through the back half of the schedule and kind of make our predictions which it's a lot easier to make predictions when you've seen all these teams and you've seen UCF play but I think we're going to go kind of mostly by position we're going to kind of maybe group most of the defense together and maybe positions kind of together but we're going to go down the line and kind of just give our midseason grades to most of these guys and and mostly obviously with quarterback we're going to give us a solid grade but obviously for most of the season has been Timmy McLean right running backs will give us a solid grade so that's kind of how we're doing this but we're not going to be all negative there are negatives in there but uh at the end of the day you have to look at I do think and I'll you know give a spoiler here right now I do think UCF is going to hit the gas pedal in the back half of the season I think the schedule eases up a little bit you've got solid teams but you have winnable games on the schedule so I do think if UCF is going three and four into that West Virginia game, I do think some fans are going to panic because, oh my gosh, UCF's three and four. But these seasons are long for a reason. There's 12 games for a reason. You play the season. Let's go into quarterbacks, boys. Obviously, don't want to get too deep into each one of them. We're just going to give our quick thoughts on most of these. But quarterback, 
listen, at the end of the day, I think it's a solid C. Uh, you could play really well. Timmy McLean has played really well at times, but has made multiple mistakes in very crucial times that have lost UCF the game. Um, quarterback's the most important position in football. So at the end of the day, John Rice goes down. John Rice was looking like he made that next step. Hopefully he's ready by Oklahoma. But kind of give your quick thoughts on the quarterback position because obviously that's the most important position that we talk about tonight. But Nick, kind of what's your grade on the quarterbacks uh, heading into the or already in the midseason? Well, I'm really grading, you know, Timmy McLean on here. I'm kind of putting JRP to the to the side because we only got what two games out of him completely. Uh, yep. So I'll put him to the side. I've seen more Timmy McLean, <clears throat> and I would give um, I'd give Timmy a solid B minus right now, a B minus. I debated whether I wanted to give him the full B or the B minus, but I can't. There's no getting around it. Is that they're one in three with Timmy McLean as the starter? So. That's why I dumped it down to B minus, and it's kind of interesting. You look at some of his numbers, like if you were just strictly looking at the box score, and that's a dangerous game to play. Um, mm-hmm. Watching the games is very important, folks. Don't just look at the box score. But for what it's worth, <clears throat> in passer rating, he's 11th in the entire nation in that category. And guess what? He's one rank behind Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma. He's up there with a lot of the big guys in college football when it comes to yards per completion. I think he's like ninth in the nation. He's up there with all the big dogs in college football. So I don't think it's all been doom and gloom with Timmy McClain. I mean, none of us were expecting to see him this year, barring an injury to JRP, which is exactly what happened. Um, I think there's been a lot of good, and I think there's been a fair level of bad. Now, maybe he's not turning it over, a lot, only two interceptions in four games that he's been in there. But to your point, Sean, when you watch these games, there are certain plays, particularly towards the end of games, where he makes plays when UCF really needs it. He, or rather, he does not make the plays when UCF really needs it. Whether it's you know continuing to run backwards, we saw it against Baylor; it worked, whatever. But in those drives and crunch time, it seemed like you know fourth quarter against Kansas State, second half against Baylor. And then against Kansas, even though they were going back and forth, completely overwhelmed it sometimes. But I think there has been good. So I would give Timmy McLean a solid B minus so far because I don't think he's I don't think he's anywhere near UCF's biggest problem. I would say, and I think y'all would probably agree with that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of problems, but no, I think ultimately he's played as good as you can hope, but also at the same time making critical errors that as a quarterback you just can't make. Um, but, you know, I, I respect your opinion on that. Rob, uh, kind of give your – Nick's right. Basically, it's a Timmy grade. Um, I'm grading more so based off of the losses than the, you know, the one win. Um, everything Nick said is 100% accurate, though. I think stat-wise alone, Timmy looks like a solid quarterback when you look at the stats. When you watch him in the games – there's it's a little shaky there but what would you kind of rate to me uh halfway through the year no yeah i mean i definitely agree with that i think if you're looking purely statistical you say oh you know he's he's having a decent season but i mean yeah like kind of like nick said there's kind of that it factor sort of that clutch gene kind of missing where you know you're in the fourth quarter you need him most and he just doesn't he comes up just short or he just doesn't do enough to win you the game and that's a big problem um you know in the big 12 where ucf is you know playing some real tough competition now and you know, let's be honest, with the exception of like the Baylor game where it wasn't close for most of the game, 
you know, with the Kansas State game going, it was close going into the fourth quarter. Obviously, Kansas wasn't, but, you know, you look at those games and going into the fourth quarter, it just doesn't, you know, it, it feels like if you have a close matchup, I just don't pick Timmy in that matchup. Um, you know, I just think he doesn't have all of it there yet. And again, I don't think he was expecting to start. Uh, certainly, I certainly don't think most of the fan base was expecting him to start for a significant amount of games, especially pretty much all of the Big 12 games uh, so far, uh, with the exception of Kansas. But li- listen, I mean, I think there is potential there. Um, I don't necessarily think he's UCS quarterback for the future past next year. Um, if he was, if we were solely relying on him, JRP was out the season and it was solely on the back of Timmy McLean. I don't think I'd feel that confident for the rest of the season. I think he can, he can definitely score points. He definitely comes out hot. Um, he's got a good arm. Uh, he's got some good accuracy. There's been some big plays. We saw it against Baylor, but yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, to a tight game, he just does not, does not click just yet. And I question a lot of the IQ decisions that he makes, uh, especially when he's in the pocket and he's getting rushed. Um, listen, the offensive line does him no favors. I'm sure we're going to get to the offensive line. Uh, it does the whole offense no favors. I think that's the weakest part of the offense. But yeah, I, I definitely think I agree with you, Sean, there that Timmy's far from the uh, – oh, no, it was Nick that said, excuse me, far from the biggest concern on the team. I think there's a lot of other concerns that come first um, before Timmy. So yeah, I, I would put him close to what Nick gave him. I'd give him probably close to a C+. Plus. Um, he's been, he's been just about average. He's, he's been good in situations, but he's also been bad and has made some boneheaded decisions. And like I said, if, if he was the sole starter this season, I, I don't know if I'd instill that confidence in him just yet in this first season. So definitely need to see more out of him. Um, you know, there's a lot of good, but there's, there's a lot of bad too. So could put some kind of right middle of the pack, I think. Yeah. And hopefully we won't have to see, uh, more of him. Hopefully John Rice can come back. Um, hopefully for Oklahoma, but if not, West Virginia. Uh, we'll get into West Virginia. West Virginia lost uh, tonight to Houston, forty-one to thirty-nine. So, again, <laughs> the Big Twelve is crazy. Anything can happen. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But to make sure that we don't make this an hour-long podcast, because I know you guys don't want to hear just you know grading for an hour and, and negative upon negative. So, I'm going to talk about. Uh, the offensive line. Nick, you could talk about running backs, and then Rob, we're going to talk wide receivers. So kind of, I'll go over the offensive line grade, and you kind of give your guys' grade um, when I throw to you for those position groups. Offensive line has been my biggest disappointment this year. Um, I think I've mentioned it, I don't even want to know how many times I've mentioned it on Charger on how um, disappointed I've been in the offensive line play. Herb Hand made it a point, a point this offseason and leading up to the season to just gloat about how great the offensive line is, how it's his best offensive line he's had ever since he was started coaching. And I get consistency. I understand trying to gel with an offensive line. That is very important. You you need an offensive line to kind of just get better and go up every single game. And I think to a degree, they've gotten better in some areas. Um, I think they've cleaned up the penalties uh, to a degree, I think they've run block better, but it hasn't been the steps you've needed to take as an offensive line. Personally, again, I'm going to have another C, if anything, a C minus for the offensive line. Because again, I think you, again, when the stats don't tell the whole story, especially when you're watching football, like it can look really pretty, but you look at the rushing attack and 
UCF has technically one of the best rushing offenses in the nation. But when you watch it on screen, it's not like UCF is just eating up chunk yards a bunch of times. It's really, they have one to three big runs in a game, and the offensive line does their job. Or, or again, Johnny has those big runs and cuts it out. So I think a couple guys on the offensive line really need to clean it up. They really need to try and figure something out because it's not going to get any easier this back half. And I think if anything, for the future UCF seasons, this just proves to you how much bigger you need to potentially get um, on that front seven offensive line um, because it, it's 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 kind of rough this season. Even though again you got Amari Kite from Alabama, I think he's impressed. Marcellus Marshall clearly has has kind of struggled. Um, Bula at center, I've liked Bula at center. Um, Tylen Grable seems like he's kind of a liability at left tackle. Um, a little bit right there. I liked what I saw it out of Caden Killer at center at times. So, yeah, I'd probably give a C-minus for the offensive line just for the inconsistencies. Um, Nick, let's go to you. Um, running backs. Obviously, a lot of things with the running backs. It's really an R.J. Harvey, Johnny Richardson show. But R.J. Harvey does look – it kind of reminds me a lot of how we kind of looked at Bowser in year two where we're like, why does this guy look different? Um, and I think more so can be blamed on the offensive line this year, yes or no. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think all things considered, RJ has done well with what's been, you know, in front of him. I think a lot of those runs kind of in between the tackles, he's kind of looking for holes, but they're really not there. But that being considered, <clears throat> you know, he's still running, he's still rushing in almost six yards a carry, uh, which is still really, really good. You'll take that any day out of your lead running back. Uh, so I like what RJ's done there. Let's just stop having him throw passes, please. Let's just please just in that from the from the playbook Gus please uh but no he's been good I think <clears throat> with what he's had to work with and you mentioned it's the number it's the number five rushing offense in football and with Timmy McClain in there there it's basically just RJ and Johnny that's contributing to that yes there have been some very long runs that have also kind of inflated that number but you know what it all counts uh Johnny Richardson I tell you this one of my biggest surprises of the year so far. I thought, you know, given what I thought we were going to see from Jordan McDonald and Demarcus Bowman being involved, I thought this was the year that maybe Johnny was going to be phased out of the game plan. It's been the exact opposite. We're seeing, I think, more of Johnny than we saw the last two years because he's kind of, remember, we, at times we were, we were trying to see more of him, but, you know, it was the Bowser and Harvey and that's fine. It worked, and he was kind of like that gadget guy, but he's gotten a big-time role this year. He's among the league leaders in college football, yards per carry. He had the big run at Baylor to start that game, which you like to see. So putting a letter grade on it, I think I'd give him a B plus. And I probably, and given the offensive line's deficiencies and they're still doing their thing, I probably could have given him the A-, minus. but I'll, I'll stick with the B plus for now. Uh, if the offensive line was a little bit better, imagine what the running game I mean, we're saying this about the fifth best rushing offense in college football. It could be even better, to be honest with you. But all things considered, B-plus for those two guys. Rob, obviously, with when we're talking about the receiving core and as a whole, right? Obviously, you have quarterback change in week three. You know, Kobe Hudson seems to have taken that leap. But then even last week, I think he got one reception for five yards. So it's kind of, again, skewed, and it seems like it's the Javon Baker, Kobe Hudson show, and Xavier Townsend when he has those type of games, but there's nobody else 
It's really getting that opportunity. I mean, Amari Johnson got some play last week in the jet sweeps. What is your overall grade for the wide receiver group while also taking into account the quarterback change? Yeah, I mean, it's it like you said, it's kind of been Javon Baker and and Kobe Hudson most of the season getting the big yardage, getting the big plays. Um, both are over at both are over uh, four hundred yards a season. Um, so you know, having solid seasons, uh, definitely, I think tracking towards you know both having really good seasons. So yeah, I mean, despite the quarterback change, um, you're kind of seeing Kobe Hudson being favored more and Javon Baker. Javon Baker is really the guy you go to uh, for the big put plays. You know. If, the quarterback throws a little bit high, you know, Javon Baker typically uh, is the guy that'll come down with that and you can kind of trust him in a one-on-one battle. So uh, I think the the receiving's been pretty decent. Um, definitely, I think with Xavier Townsend, I think I really had higher expectations for him, especially with after the first couple of games where I thought, wow, he's really, you know, taken, taken that next step where he might be, you know, the number one or number two wide receiver on this team. And now he's just kind of not getting the looks like he's supposed to gets a lot of screen plays, but I mean, RJ Harvey has more yardage, more receiving yardage than he does this season so far in about half the reception. So I I think that just tells it all. I mean, a a lot of those are screen plays. A lot of those, you know, are, uh, you know, short pass plays. So that definitely factors in, but I definitely thought Xavier Townsend would be playing a little bit better this year. But like you said, Outside of that, um, you know, you're seeing Randy Pittman. If you want to group him and Alec Holler in there, definitely the last couple of weeks, Randy Pittman's starting to get more looks. He looks like he's going to be a solid option at tight end. Um, I really have been liking what I've seen out of him. Um, but outside of that, yeah, with, with the rare like Amari Johnson uh, features, we haven't even really seen uh, Trent Whittemore at all, at all this season. He gets in on a couple plays towards the end of the game, doesn't really have a factor if he catches the ball at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think if you have to give this a grade, I'd say a solid B. Um, definitely, again, leans very heavy towards Javon Baker and Kobe Hudson. And I think there just needs to be a little bit more variety. But given the fact that their quarterback was changed on them, you know, three games in, I, I think you do have to you do have to account for that. And still, uh, you know, Timmy's throwing over a thousand yards, Javon and, and uh you know, Kobe Hudson are, are near in 500 each. So I think you can still say that the, there's a solid receiving core and there definitely is talent uh, and far from the furthest problem on this team. I definitely think uh, it's a solid, solid core uh, guys that we have right now, uh, despite quarterback play. All right, let's go to the defense. I'll get defensive line, Nick. Uh, you can get linebackers because, uh, you know, I'm sure you'll love to talk about um, the linebacking play on this, on this roster. And Rob, I'll give you the secondary. Um, defensive line, listen, I think they've been pretty solid all year. Obviously, I think the negative the last couple years with UCF has been quarterback pressure, sacks. There's hasn't been a lot the last couple years, but I think there's been a couple names that have really kind of stood out. Malachi Lawrence has been one. Uh, he's really kind of stepped up and made a name for himself early on in the year. I think ultimately moving forward, especially into next season, He's going to be one of those guys that is going to be a full-time starter because uh, he's just proven time and time again, especially against top competition, that he can make plays. Like, And ultimately, that's what you're looking for moving up in that conference. Who's going to be the guy to make plays? Some of the guys we thought was going to make plays have kind of gone non-existent. Um, I think, like, I love Josh Seliscar, but Josh Seliscar has been kind of non-existent the last couple games. And when those are your best players, you expect your best players to make uh, the big plays. I think Lee Hunter's been really good this year. 
Uh, obviously, he I think if he, really if you look at his games, he's had maybe one bad game. Uh, he's really been as dominant as advertised, and I think he's going to continue to do so. Um, obviously, it's hurt the defensive line with Ricky Barber being out with an injury, clearly a nagging injury, and I, I feel bad for him because again, most likely he you know this was going to be his last year, and and he's going to, he was going to go to the NFL. He probably would have been a um, four or five fifth round you know pick. Um, but right now, he's dealing with an injury. Hopefully, he can get back in the second half of the year. I really liked what I've seen out of John Walker. I think he's really proven early as a freshman that he can come in and make plays when needed and kind of use be used as a good depth spot. Right now, he's technically a starter when Ricky kind of went out and he started last game. So, overall, I'd give the defensive line a solid B. I think they're playing well for you know the depth on the team. Uh, just need to see a little bit more when it comes to pressuring the quarterback and and getting those uh, quarterback sacks uh, and and creating those type of turnovers because ultimately linebackers aren't helping you that much as Nick's about to tell you and uh, that's kind of been one of the the bigger problems. So Nick, um, Jason Johnson, obviously, I you know stats will tell you one thing, um, but he's kind of your only linebacker right now and even he has been kind of shaky. Walter Yates was your linebacker. I know Ryan Davis started last game because I think Walter might have been hurt, but not a lot of you know eye-popping speed coming from the linebackers, not a lot of eye-popping linebacker play, but kind of what's your overall take on linebackers this season? D minus. Mm. And that's only because an F is, is too, it's a little too brutal, I think. But D minus is, <laughs> you can, you can uh, if D minus is just hits the home a little bit softer maybe. But no, I, Jason Johnson's got all the tackles in the world. <clears throat> I I think it's empty calories personally. I just I have not seen any bright spot from this linebacking core. This is the worst unit on this football team. I don't think it's really close. Um, they've been bullied every game just about that they've played against real competition. And you know Jason Johnson, Walter Yates, Ryan Davis. Guess what? They all have zero sacks, zero picks zero force fumbles, and zero pass defense. Nothing. They've done nothing else but run around and make tackles and not game-breaking tackles at that. They're just there because somebody's got to make the play. That, that tells the whole story right there. Six games in and not one of these linebackers that's played, that gets the bulk of the playing time, has done anything of note in the splash play department. That's not going to get it done. So you can have all the tackles in the world, Jason Johnson and, and Walter Yates and whatever, but I, uh, this is, again, like I said, D-minus I think is fair, to be honest with you. I think it has really contributed to them losing games. I truly believe that with how bad it's been. Um, so, yeah, I don't, know how, I don't know what else I can say about it. D-minus for that group. Rob, quickly with the secondary, um, obviously, I think we can all agree Brandon Adams has been far and away one of the the premier bright spots, and uh, teams are not throwing his way at all. Um, Corey Thornton is another story, uh, obviously. Uh, again, like I've always said, roller coaster continues. I mean, Jaira Wilson has, I think, performed really well, but kind of give your quick take on the secondary um, and how they've kind of performed with a pass-heavy Big 12 offense. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely better than I thought they would be uh, coming into the season. I definitely thought the secondary was going to be our biggest concern. Uh, not that they've been, you know, spectacular or anything like that, but certainly. I think the linebacker play and the pressure on the opposing quarterback has been the biggest issue here. Uh, but coming to the secondary, I mean, definitely Corey Thornton gives and he takes. I mean, he leads the team in interceptions um, by you know by one. Everybody at least has Quadric Bowler's got one. He's got two. You know, he gets thrown at a lot, um, and that definitely doesn't help. Um, you know, I think it discourages a lot of teams from throwing Brandon Adams way, which, you know, definitely helps his case. He's been very, very good this season. Definitely the bright spot on the secondary. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Corey Thornton, you know, definitely has, you know, the experience there, um, you know, for every big play though, you know, every, every good SWAT, every interception that he gets, you know, there's, there's a play where he gets burned and he's getting burned a lot by, uh, the receivers on the opposing teams, uh, especially in these big 12 games. So it's just, it's, it's kind of a back and forth with the secondary. There's a lot of young guys on the secondary too. A lot of first year guys, uh, you know, you got Bullard um, and Thornton that have been here for a while, but yeah, I mean, I think overall kind of a CC plus they've not been great. Uh, they're definitely getting burned um, for some big yardage. Uh, broken tackles is another big issue. I think that's a big issue with the linebackers too, which doesn't help the secondary out any, but uh, there's been a lot of broken tackles, uh, that the secondary has given up as well. So yeah, I mean, not great, not horrible. Um, definitely. I think they've played better than I expected them to play coming into the season, but you know, definitely still some concerns uh, against some high powered offenses, especially when they're all pass heavy in the big 12. Let's quickly do coaching grades. And when I say quickly, I mean, just let's give a grade on coordinators and Gus um, because I want to get into our predictions for the rest of the year. Um, ultimately, I think Gus Malzahn, I'd probably give a B plus. I think he's managed the team as well as you can. I know Nick finds that a little high. I find uh, that a little high. A little high. I, <laughs> I have more confidence in Gus than clearly most people. Um, I think Gus is dealing with, again, linebackers aside, I think if you look at the overall team, offensively, they're one of the top in the nation. Uh, defensively, I think if you really just had some better linebackers, I think it'd be a lot different of a defense than we're seeing right now. Um, now, defensive scheme-wise, that's a different story. But I think ultimately, I'm looking at the bigger picture as in what Gus has been building, recruiting, what he's done this season overall. Uh, I get the 3-3. Three and three, I get they're going to be 3-4. and four, But I'm kind of looking not just the six games, but I'm also looking at the extra stuff around the season, recruiting XYZ. Uh, Darren Henshaw, I'm giving an A-. minus. I actually love what Darren Henshaw has done with the offense. Again, Nick said it, top 10 running, top 10 offense. At the end of the day, UCF has proven that they can score points. Last week, first half was a struggle, uh, and then second half, they kind of got some stuff going. Again, I'm not necessarily blaming the offense on Darren Henshaw. I'm blaming it on John Rice getting injured and Tim McLean having some bad quarterback displays and yes there have been bad play calls but that's every college uh offensive in america yeah, there's gonna be bad play calls um but i think darren hinshaw for what he's done has done an incredible job in holding people accountable uh and then obviously addison williams i'm giving him a d minus just like nick gave the linebackers um he has been awful horrible uh makes no adjustments it's the same defense even going back in half kansas was kind of the wake-up call 399 rushing yards if that continues he is on the hot seat. I don't think he will get fired, but at the end of the day, if you can't stop the run, 
in college football, you're going to lose a lot of games. So, Nick, kind of give your quick three, and then we'll go to Rob, and then we'll do our predictions. Yeah, uh, I'm not accounting the recruiting and all that stuff into it. So, uh, strictly to what I've seen this season, I'm going to give Gus a C. Uh, very middle of the road, I think. I, I think the game management still against Baylor bothers me the most. I'm surprised that's why you let him off the hook there with your B+. That Baylor game. I'll give I, it a B. I'll give it a B. Because I was right next to you for that entire Baylor game. I heard what you were saying about Gus. I won't, I won't expose you too mm. much. <clears throat> but... The Baylor game was rough. The Baylor, Baylor game, game was rough. the Baylor game, letting that get away from you, and the fact that this team has played really poor football in the fourth quarters against Kansas State and against Baylor. Um, like I said, it looked like a mentally fragile team. I'm going to give Gus a C. Uh, Darren Henshaw, who I'm not sure. <clears throat> I mean, they can tell me he's calling plays, but yeah, I'll give him a B plus for now. I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll give him Close. the B. I'll give you the B plus. No, you gave me the A minus. I'll give him the B plus though. I can't give anything. I can't give any any unit right now an A. Can't do it. Um, and then Addison Williams. Uh, <sighs> I'm thinking about dropping the F bomb here. Right, oh. Let's drop it. Can I give somebody an F plus? Is that a thing? Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, I'll just you know I don't want to be too mean. I'll I'll, I'll give F an F plus. I'll give him an F plus. I guess. Um, but yeah, I. And only on the back of the secondary being a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. Um, but yeah, Addison Williams, to me, if this continues in this trend, I, I would expect Gus. I mean, you can't, you're in the Big 12 now. You need real coordinators here. Promoting from within clearly has been the wrong decision. I think he'll probably be axed at the end of the year if this, if this keeps up in this direction. So for right now, I'm going to give him the F+. Plus. Rob, go ahead. What's I'm changing mine. I think I was. Oh I, Lord! I talked, changing I, the I, talked, I talked you out of it, didn't I? Nick talked me out of it. It was a little too high. I'll say like B minus to B. I I like Gus. I don't care. Like I get all the Gus haters. I think I feel bad that there's so many Gus haters that I'm like compensating for that. So I'll change it to B minus B. You're right. The Baylor one. It, yeah, that was awful. Uh, and Kansas at the end of the day, you shouldn't get blown out like that. So uh, I'll switch it to B minus B. I think oh yeah, hold up! The and the mismanagement of the quarterback situation against Kansas. I gotta, I gotta. Yep, that that okay, B minus. Well. So you Good job, Nick. B minus, and I'll go with the C. <laughs> Here you go. I was so focused on the Addison Williams. Yeah, I'll go B minus. B minus. Oh, yeah, the quarterback Lord. one made me upset. If you watch the live stream, you know I was not happy. Okay, uh, Rob, give your your quick grades on the coaching staff this this year. Yeah, we'll go quick. Uh, Gus Melzon, C plus. Um, game management sucks. Uh, a lot of the decisions suck. Uh, it goes right into Darren Henshaw too. I mean, Darren Henshaw, I, I will give a lot more credit. He definitely has uh, fixed this offensive playbook a lot. Uh, has made them into a good offense again. Not in the red zone. That's another reason why I'm not going to be so forgiving on Gus Malzahn and, and Darren Henshaw. But give Henshaw a B plus. Uh, Gus Malzahn a C plus, just because. Gus's fingerprints are still on this offense, kind of like Nick was alluding to. The fingerprints are there, the wildcat formations, RJ Harvey coming in at quarterback in certain situations, and it backfiring. I mean, the game management just sucks. So I, I don't think it's gotten any better. Um, they've have made adjustments at least, which is which is a positive, but uh, definitely I think a lot of this game management where UCF's getting blown out, UCF's having these embarrassing plays, uh, it's it's unacceptable. Um, Addison Williams. D minus. Uh, this defense is soft. Um, Lee Hunter said there was dogs. 
too bad the dogs were chihuahuas because it's all bark and no bite. Uh, listen, this this defense is – I had such high hopes for this defensive line, and they consistently get shredded week in and week out in the Big 12. A uh, lot of yardage. Uh, secondary has been, like I said, decent, okay. Uh, linebackers have been god-awful. And, and again, like you both said, uh, Addison Williams in this defensive uh, – this whole defensive unit has not made adjustments. So – uh, because of that, uh, I'm giving him a D minus. If it goes into F, it's gonna the F's gonna stand for fired. So that's all I'm gonna say. Rob just had two really good lines right there. I know. See, like let me I, go. Get, let me cook. That was that was two very good lines. I mean, at this point, I might as well we'll just take your grades for you know those are the grades we'll pay attention to because those two lines just made this podcast not written right. down. And I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. Yeah, there's no way they were that good, and you didn't have it written down. All right, let's quickly, or I, I've said quickly too much. Let's go through, you know, game by game. And I'm going to say the game, and we're not going to give too much input because, again, at the end of the day, we still have to make a, a preview episode for all of these teams. Uh, if you want to give a quick sentence or two on each, that's fine. Uh, but let's go through the back ha- half of the schedule uh, and kind of predict our the the last six games of this UCF season. All right. Uh, If I have the schedule up, which that, you know, that would help. But all right. So obviously uh, against number five, Oklahoma uh, next Saturday uh, at noon on ABC first. Well, we had Fox, but first like, you know, kind of big feel primetime game. Uh, I'm going to say an L. Uh, I think that's probably what we're all going to say. Hopefully, we put up a good fight, though. I, I'm really hoping for a good game and not a national embarrassment. Nick, uh, Oklahoma. L by 30. Rob, Oklahoma. Fat L. Okay, so we're all saying three and four. Okay. Saturday, this is October. The gu- <laughs> this is the game, though, where Gus Malzahn gets the big victory, and then we say, oh, see, this is why they extended him. That's what I'm saying. Let's see. Let's let's see what can happen. We don't, will be doing a live do stream. I don't, don't know. Don't do this to yourself, Rob. Don't don't, don't do it. I know. Personally, not, Nick, for, don't don't for, worry. For our mental health, if if we're doing, if I'm doing a live stream or we're doing a live stream, wherever, if we we're doing some form of a live stream, I need for my personal health a decent one. After that watch along for Kansas, I cannot have another thirty point blowout. Give me at least like a ten point loss. I'll take that. Um. All right, Saturday, October 28th, West Virginia at home. West Virginia, obviously, we said, just lost to Houston. So, again, the team that we thought was, you know, and, again, they still put up 39 on a bad Houston defense, so what? who knows what they could put up against us. But, again, West Virginia beatable. I still think UCF is a dub there. I do think UCF matches up well against West Virginia. I think, hopefully, it's a night game. I'm hoping it's a 7 o'clock tip. I'm going to say a W against West Virginia. I think UCF matches up very well. Nick, West Virginia. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying not to be swayed too much by what I saw tonight as we were recording. Mm-hmm. Houston picking up that win. I wasn't. I already had West Even if there was a win tonight, I still would pick UCF because I think matchup-wise, this is probably the best matchup UCF is going to get besides Baylor. So take that for what you will. Right. Um. Let's see. It's homecoming. Yeah, I'll give him the win here. I'll give him the win. Rob. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first. Big Twelve win uh, at home. DJ Diesel is gonna be in the house. Uh, Ooh, I can't, forgot can't about lose that. With Sha- 
Yeah, can't lose with Shaq in the building. I think, like you guys said, I think they match up well. Don't be shocked if it's a shootout. Well, and we have something special for that game that we're not announcing yet, but we have something special. So that on top of Shaq Diesel will just automatically give us a win, hopefully. Um, All right, Saturday, November 4th at Cincinnati. Um, Emory Jones has struggled. I know this was the the one that Nick kind of, you know, preseason thought that that would be a loss for UCF. I think it's a close game. I do think Emory Jones have sh- has shown his real true self the last six weeks. Um, the Cincinnati defense is legit. I can confirm they are a really good defense. Uh, when you hold Oklahoma to 20 points, I think you're a pretty good defense. Um, but I do think, again, at that point, if John Rice is healthy, I think he's going to be able to run all over the defense. Uh, I don't think he, they'll be able to stop him. So I will give UCF the win at a Nippert, Nippert Stadium, which is a tough place to play, but not impossible uh, to win at. But I think UCF will win that game. Uh, Nick? I stand by my preseason prediction. UCF loses, finds a way to lose this football game. You, you took the words out of my mouth. The Cincinnati defense for their deficiencies on offense, they can play a little defense, especially holding Oklahoma to 20 points uh, and holding Louisville to 24. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with that for now. I'm going to stick with that. Rob? Uh, I'm going to go win. Um, I think if there's a year to beat Cincinnati, it's this year. Uh, Embry Jones has not been very good. See why Florida got rid of him. Um, he's just not, he's not all that. And you know what? That defense is real good. Um, but I think UCF and hopefully Darren Hinchuck can, can find a way to solve that defense a little bit, run over him a little bit and get it. It's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be, you're not going to be seeing any, uh, any big score, but I definitely think it's going to be a close win for UCF. So me and Rob have five and four. Nick has four and five. November 11th space game against Oklahoma again, or Oklahoma state, excuse me, still three games. And we announced the space game on a bye week with four weeks left still ridiculous okay uh, november 4th versus oklahoma state at home again we can assume that's probably going to be a night game uh oklahoma state again what mike gundy so confusing of a team they have a big win they lose games you're like how do they lose again i'm still gonna i'm going to say ucf dub on this one again i think oklahoma state is too inconsistent UCF is too, so I guess we're we're even there. But again, at that point, we're looking at UCF kind of for Nick, I guess, still lost to Cincy. But in my estimation, you win a couple, you get more confidence. John Rice is healthy. Stuff's starting to click. Um, I'm going to say UCF dub against Oklahoma State against a average Oklahoma State team this year. Uh, Nick? Yeah, I'm Oklahoma State big win, like you said, uh, at home against Kansas State on their on Friday on that Friday night in Stillwater, great atmosphere. But this one's at home; it's a space game. UCF's undefeated in the space game of note, and I think that continues. I still don't, still not that impressed with the Oklahoma State offense, so I will give UCF the victory there. Rob. Yeah, I think it's a win for UCF again. UC, uh, Oklahoma State's very inconsistent. kind of really depends what day you get them on. Um, I ultimately think UCF will hopefully be a little bit more locked in as we approach the end of the season. Um, at home will definitely help, and uh, UCF fares pretty well in space games, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick them. All right, uh, next game on the slate is Texas Tech, November 18th. That was an interesting one. We all, I think, picked that as a loss coming into the season. Um, Texas Tech, you know, going to play at Texas Tech is always a challenge. It's, again, whenever you go on the road, um, it's hard, but going to Texas Tech is super hard. 
Uh, but Texas Tech isn't that great this year. Uh, so that's kind of the shocker um, that most people didn't expect. I'm going to go out a shocker pick. I'm going to say we're still going to lose that game. Um, I don't know if UCF can go on the road and beat Texas Tech in their home stadium. I get Texas Tech maybe isn't the best team this year, but I still think they can pull out a quality win at home, just like we kind of pick UCF to win all their home games because the home environment's different. I think down in Texas Tech, I don't know if UCF will be able to pull out the W down there. Uh, Nick, what do you got? Yeah, I, I predict this as a loss being of the year. I also predicted Texas Tech to win the conference. That's not happening. That take nope. sucked. Um, but <laughs> with that being said, uh, I still think Texas Tech, that game in Lubbock, uh, they're going to be coming off a brutal stretch of games. Uh, Texas Tech that is going into that. And I think UCF will be their, their get-right opponent there at home. So Texas Tech with the win. Rob. Let's make it a perfect three. Texas Tech wins. Um, Texas Tech right now, I think this says a lot about the state of the Big 12 um, this season so far, but Texas Tech's top five in the Big 12 right now, uh, given overall play. We'll see how they fare against Kansas State this weekend, but uh, listen, at them at home is always tough, like you said, and uh, I, I don't like UCF's chances going, and I think Texas Tech's offense is, is very, very good, um, and it's going to give UCF a lot of problems. All right, so final game is versus Houston. Listen, I think Houston's trash, um, so I don't know how they beat West Virginia. I mean, yeah, I have no idea. It's week to week. (laughs) It is a week to week because they're literally, in my opinion, the worst team in the Big 12. That's my opinion. Uh, Listen, UCF home game, Houston sucks. It's it's UCF, a UCF dub. Nick? Yeah, but my estimation, if this all goes to what I'm saying, they'll be fighting for uh, a bowl berth to get to 6-6, six and six, and I think that extra lift there, seniors, all that kind of stuff, get the game at home. Houston's not a great football team, like you said, and I think UCF ultimately gets that and finishes off 6-6, six and six, as I said in the preseason. Rob? Yeah, uh, I'd be very shocked. Uh, not as shocked as the Baylor game, but I'd be very shocked if UCF uh, ends up losing to Houston. This is a very good matchup for UCF. Last game of the season, if if Nick's prediction holds true and they're fighting for uh, a bowl a bowl berth, uh, I definitely think UCF is going to play extra hard to get that. Uh, a little bit disappointing. I know they don't usually do it at the last game of the season, but a bit of a disappointment not to have the space game against Houston, given uh, the the uh, space of you know the space themes of both uh, both areas of the country. So a um, little bit disappointing, but you know what? I think UCF is going to finish the season on, on on a little bit of a high note, and they'll get the victory against Houston. I agree with you, but we're not going to get into it. Uh, so that means me and Rob have UCF going seven and five. Nick says six and six. Um, I can totally see six and six. At the end of the day, if ever, if either of these predictions happen, UCF is bowl eligible. And that's ultimately, like we said, going into the season would be a positive. So that's kind of all that matters. Now, granted, this could all fall off the rails very quickly. I mean, again, this team, we've all said, we have said, boys, that the caveat to this team is they are not mentally tough. They are not mentally tough. They make too many mental errors. If they're three and four heading into West Virginia, how mentally tough are they going in knowing that they are a game under 500, having to get a win? How mentally tough are they? So the season can fall off the rails really quick. Nick, final thoughts 
Um, obviously, next week we'll be bringing a pre preview for the Oklahoma game. Big game, big game on the schedule. You could really turn the season around if you somehow shock the Sooners after they were on a high. Uh, what are your final thoughts for this midseason review? Well, first of all, that's not happening. Um, <laughs> Anything just, can happen stop, in college just, football, Nick. Just don't, stop putting it out there into the, into the universe. It's, it's not going to happen. As you like to call them, Sock Boy is going to have a field day. Uh, with this defense, further strengthening his his Heisman campaign, and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna say I'm gonna enjoy it, but you know what I, I want Dylan Gabriel to succeed. So in the story in that Oklahoma game, uh, yeah, I, I think um, if they're going to get to a seven and five, like you said, or even even a six and six, I'm being honest, the, the defense has got to have something magical coming out of nowhere here. Probably after I was going to say after the bye, but I think it's going to have to happen after the Oklahoma game. <clears throat> um, to to be honest with you, I mean, you look at these teams on paper. I, I think the conference again. You take Oklahoma and Texas out of it, and I think by what you saw tonight with Houston beating West Virginia, what you saw last week with Oklahoma State beating Kansas State, you could probably you could pick either any team to win these games really there's there's really not much kind of differentiating these teams to be honest with you so this could go 5 and 7 this could go 7 and 5 who knows there's a curiosity i want to see how they look if john rice Plumley can get healthy and and what i mean by healthy is like he can use his legs to the best of what we've seen before i have my my doubt that we're going to truly see that from John Rice Plumley this year. Um, but in my opinion, if they're going to get to that point, they need a healthy John Rice Plumley that can run. Because as much as I have, you know, made comments about his passing, I recognize what he does in the running game. I recognize, you know, how different the offense looks and all that kind of stuff. And so I want to see that. I want to see the defense take some more strides. I need more splash plays. Definitely need that as well. Uh, but I think that's where things stand right now. Rob, final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think the goal is just getting, kind of like Nick said, you know, getting John Rice as healthy as you can be. You kind of saw against Kansas when you featured that it just, it's not there when he's not fully healthy. Uh, the athleticism isn't there. Uh, the running's not there. It's not the same John Rice. And when his biggest strength is using his feet and and using that freak athleticism that he has, uh, when that's gone, it's it's very you know it's very hard to win games like that um and it takes away half of john rice's power especially when you know his arm isn't the best um so yeah i think it's just getting john rice back to back to health see what you can do uh going to oklahoma uh you know at least fight the good fight <laughs> if you can't if you can't uh, get the win or get close to the win at least fight the good fight uh and then come back against west virginia and and like you said sean show how mentally tough you are show when your back's up against the wall and you really need to start getting these wins in the Big 12, start getting it. And I think you're kind of seeing it in the Big 12 this year. There's not really a lot of consistent teams. They've all been consistently inconsistent, if you will. Um, so it's it's really any given Saturday at this time. You know, you're just looking at a lot of teams that can win on one day, lose the next, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. But I think UCF just needs to, you know, just kind of go in, see see what you can do, and then, uh, the rest of the season, you can kind of decide up to them uh, how mentally tough they are and how, how they'll bounce back against a likely Oklahoma loss into going into West Virginia at home. I'll say this. Number one, you are right, Nick. Take Oklahoma and Texas out. 
anybody can win on any given day, which I think makes this conference unique and special that at the end of the day, this conference moving forward, it's kind of like the basketball when it comes to this conference. At the end of the day, there's a lot of good, solid teams that can beat anybody on any, any given day, well, which hold, makes it very I interesting didn't say they, moving forward. I didn't say they were good. <laughs> <laughs> I just said they can. They, they're all various levels of, of mid to, to just straight up bad football. This okay. is the, well, of, you of, know, the, of the power five. This, this is the worst conference this year in football among the power five. I'm pretty confident in, a, in putting that yeah, out. A complete, I mean, a, complete one, a complete 180 from what the Big 12 was last year. That's for sure. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like moving forward, you know, I think it's only up from here. So you can't get much worse. Um, but yes, you are right that any given week somebody can win. So who knows? Um, and also, you are correct. Uh, all of these predictions mean jack if the running defense does not get fixed. If this bye week and next week of practice does not fix the running, I would rather lose to Oklahoma straight up. I'd rather lose to Oklahoma by 50, but only hold them to less than 150 rushing yards and have Sockboy go off. Because at the end of the day, that proves to me, hey, okay, you can stop the run a little bit and force them to throw the ball. Yeah, and and, and I was going to say, Corey Thornton. and I was going to say the importance of getting JRP back, even though there's other issues, like we said, than Timmy McLean in the offense. I think they're averaging like 35 points a game right now. I want to say, I think they're right on the dot there. Like, mm. at least from what I've seen so far, I think just adding John Rice's running there, if you can get him healthy and get him to use his feet a little bit, I see no reason why UCF can't score 40-plus points on average. And I think if they can get to that point, then maybe they, even if they have the same defensive issues, they have enough firepower to where they can pull out wins in these games. I think at least that's how I'm seeing it, is kind of on a prayer that John Rice Plumley can get healthy because I think the offense has a better shot of outscoring these teams when you have him out there because I think they can put up in the 40s routinely. I think they could do that on most of these teams. We will see. It'll be quite the interesting last six games. And as you know, we will continue postseason. We continue the rest of the year. So this is the the fun part of the year. And then it gets to the end of the season where we have to come up with content for nine months. So we're enjoying this time while we have it. But thank you, as always, for tuning in to Charge On. We really appreciate all the support. Um, we'll make the announcement here. We are going to be doing some form of live watch-along like we did for the Kansas game for Oklahoma. So tune in to figure out. I'll be posting on the socials kind of all the information, what's going on with it. But we will be doing a live watch-along for the Oklahoma game. So we hope that you'll make your plans uh, around that to join us on Saturday to hopefully watch us uh, win that game or keep it close or or something. Um, we will be uh, doing an Oklahoma rev- uh, preview next week, so be on the lookout for that as well, as always. Uh, and yeah, like I said, we appreciate the sport, and hopefully the Knights can finish out strong to get bowl eligible. That is what it was all about. All right, guys, this has been Charge On. This I Bet Online. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.